0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of At Any Rate. I'm your host, Natasha Kanava, and I head J.P. Morgan Global Commodities Research. Today, I would like to talk about our views on oil prices. Entering 2022, our view was that the global oil market would remain tight, but uh, but largely balanced. So with oil inventories still below both the five-year averages and five-year range, Our forecast called for the Brent crude oil price to average $90 for the year as a whole, and that was about 27% increase over the previous year. So while we saw the global crude oil market as balanced, oil products markets like diesel and gasoline already in November 2021 appeared tight, heading into 2022. Structural shortages of refining capacity in the Western world were further exacerbated by a sharp cut in oil product exports quarters by China underscoring Beijing's determination to cut emissions while consolidating its refining industry. This trend already began in 2021 with the government's crackdown on the the independent refining sector. So the oil prices bottomed at 60, uh, just slightly under $69 on December 1st. And after that, the prices began to move significantly higher when several Western media Uh, reported, uh, began quoting U.S. and other officials that a Russian attack on Ukraine was imminent. And then the price broke $100 per barrel on February 24th, which was the day Russia launched an invasion into Ukraine, hitting triple digits for the first time since 2014. So with the onset of the war, we reset our base case view on the oil market, but at the same time, we opted to raise our 2022 average Brent oil price forecast only by $14, so from $90 to $104. Uh, We saw that the prices would be peaking in the second quarter at about $114 on average before stabilizing towards the low hundreds in the second half of the year and high 90s in 2023. So there were two reasons behind our call. Uh, Number one, we believe that there will be a policy response. Uh, So there will be a policy reaction. Uh, We assume that there will be a release of SPR releases, and that should be enough to uh, bridge the gap and buy time for additional... Um, global exopact plus supply growth to come on stream. Uh, second, uh, and that was the main view, uh, the main reason behind our view is that while numerous oil market analysts and traders predicted that the impact of sanctions on the Russian exports and production would increase over time, uh, our view was the exact opposite. So we believed that the interruptions to Russian oil supplies would be most acute immediately following the invasion. Uh, due to self-sanctioning. But then we believe that given that the addition of Russia means that almost one-fifth of global oil production capacity would be under some, some form of sanctions. Yes, it's Iran, Venezuela, Russia. We believe that there was no practical way to keep these barrels out of the market. That was already exceptionally tight. Um, essentially, our view was that given time, Russia would be able to reroute its deeply discounted oil to willing buyers, Eager to curb domestic inflationary pressures, um, so behind our view on that was that a we believe that there is enough uh, shipping capacity. Uh, so we estimated that there will be almost 3.2 million barrels per day of capacity to uh, to transport uh, Russian crude oil. That so that would be enough to offset all its pre-war crude exports to to the EU, US, and UK, uh, and. Um, Not only that, we believe that this um, tanker volumes could potentially increase substantially were Russia to be successful in expanding both its oil exporting ports, but also its its Siberia Pacific Ocean pipeline uh, in Russia's Far East. Um, We also believe that countries would begin to provide sovereign insurance uh, to allow this flow of deeply discounted Russian oil in case the insurance-related sanctions hit the shipping industry carrying Russian oil. Um, And... Finally, crucially, we believe that with the onset of the war, this oil product dislocation became a significantly bigger issue uh, given Russia's status as the world's largest exporter of refined oil products. So what we believe, you know, that Russia would be successful in marketing its crude uh, to giant refining complexes in Asia. But at the same time, if you look with the natural buyers of Russian oil uh, products, those are the Western countries with a structural shortage of refined capacity um, so, the countries that uh, banned seaborne imports of Russian crude oil products. Um, so, with Russian refining capacity significantly reduced, the uh, spare capacity, refining capacity in China sidelined. We estimate that the shortage of clean products like gasoline and like diesel would get only worse as demand for transport fuels picks up during the Northern Hemisphere summer. Uh, this would push product prices higher, in turn, putting pressure on consumers. And leading to demand destruction, even if crude oil prices remained largely, large, largely stable. So this view has largely played out. Um, Russia initially struggled to find a replacement for uh, Western consumers of its oil products, uh, but um, and it had to shut down its refining. But uh, Russia, at the moment, what we're observing is that it has not only found new buyers, but actually, it's at the moment it's selling more oil, more crude oil, that it was selling prior to the war. Uh, Russia is still selling less products compared to prior to the start of the war, but uh, there are signs that the shipments of this bottom of barrel oil products, like fuel oil, for example, are starting to recover as well. Um, so, accordingly, what we observed is that the Russian production of oil and condensates has stabilized at pre war January levels after declining about 1.1 million barrels per day in April. Um, Also, what we're seeing is that the Russian refiners are back online after almost 0.8 million barrels per day of outages that were reported in April and in May. Um, So insurance coverage, you know, we have been writing a lot about that. So you you, you can read in our report so that it does seem that that issue has been solved as well. So the state-controlled Russian national reinsurance companies now acting as a main uh, reinsurer of Russian ships, including uh, the soft comfort fleet. Uh, from its site, India is providing um, safety certification for the fleet operated by, uh, by Sofcom Float uh, and enabling oil exports to India and elsewhere. elsewhere. Um, we also understand that uh, the Chinese insurance um, apparently looking to take on business that was previously covered uh, by their Western counterparts but they would likely require a sovereign guarantee from that side. So overall, uh, our base case view on price hasn't changed since we last published on March. Published our views on March sixteenth. Um, so we believe that at that time, that markets uh, need time to adjust. But this process is already under well underway. Russia is selling. Uh, Russia selling more crude. Um, the policy response from the U.S. and other IEA members countries should not go unnoticed. So this 1.2 million barrels per day of monthly drawdowns of global strategic petroleum reserve continue to be a major source of incremental supply uh, that allowed not only to offset disruptions in Libya and Ecuador, but also compensate for underperformance of core OPEC countries. Um, So looking forward, demand will also begin to react to record high oil product prices. Uh, We're already observing the, the first crack in the U.S. gasoline demand. That's the one that is underperforming significantly versus our expectations um, so overall, we believe that these conditions should be sufficient to uh, to prompt a fragile balance in the market and stabilize the global oil price at low hundreds dollars, uh, low hundred dollars in in the second half of 22, and at about 98 dollars in 2023. Uh, at the same time, the, the risks are clearly the macro risks are clearly becoming two sided. So on the upside, um, uh, there is a threat of. Material new supply shock, uh, clearly that that's increasing right now. Um, so what we're observing at the moment is that uh, likely emboldened by its surge in current account surplus and modest fiscal deficit, Russia is sh- showing willingness to withhold supplies of natural gas to the European countries that refuse to meet payment demands. Um, so far, Russia has not been inclined to disrupt its oil exports, uh, which account for about half of Russia's budget revenues. Um, but the decision by the G7 countries to consider oil price caps to limit Russian revenues could, uh, could be met by, uh, by cutback in supply. So we do believe that this, uh, this, uh, this threat is, uh, is quite credible. Um, so what that means exactly is that if we assume a, a hypothetical 3 million barrels per day reduction in, in, Russian, um, in, in Russian overall exports, uh, we, we estimate that the price uh, that could cause the global Brent price to jump to about $190 per barrel. Uh, the downside risks are also looming. Um, so, for example, you know what we're observing in the data that this economic expansion has been buffeted by a set of adverse shocks, uh, which have sharply slowed gross momentum, uh, has also significantly weakened sentiment. Uh, for, just to give you some example, In January, our economists had anticipated the first half uh, of this year global growth to average 4.1%. But the economy currently is tracking uh, a meager gain of just 1.1%. So even after incorporating this expected reopening bounce in China in the second half of of this year, the DM economy is growing at at the sluggish 1.7% in the second half. Uh, that that would be enough to, for the overall growth to grow at still below potential pace of about 2.3%. So what that means is that the impact on oil demand from this potent combination of deteriorating economic growth, sliding consumer confidence and record high oil product prices is it's rather straightforward. Um, so again, some numbers. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we expected oil demand to average 101 million barrels per day in 2022. That was about 600 KBD above 2019 and the record high. Uh, now we call for a substantially slower growth trajectory for this year uh, with global oil demand remaining about 600 KBD below pre-pandemic levels. Um, U.S. gasoline demand definitely accounts for the lion's share of the downgrade. Um, so we, we have a pretty bullish outlook on China, Uh, so we do believe that uh, China's oil demand uh, has fully recovered from April's COVID-related pothole, and it's set to grow through the end of the year. That will provide about 1 million barrels per day contribution to the global growth. Uh, We also believe that the summer travel in the northern hemisphere remains highly supportive, and despite this record or near-record high gasoline, diesel, uh, and the airline ticket prices pent up demand Remains uh, pretty strong, uh, though it's being, you know, clearly tempered. So, but even so, um, we uh, we ran scenarios for three different uh, growth outlooks, uh, to, to, you know, to to estimate what would be the impact on the on the Brent oil price under different uh, recessionary scenarios. So, the first scenario uh, we uh, we considered was that it will be supply shock induced uh, recession in the second half of this year resulting in the global economy growing at about 0.5% in 2023. Um, Under the second scenario, the global economy skirts recession in the second half, but inflation remains above central banks' comfort zones, forcing them to drive rates much higher and induce a recession in late 2023. Uh, And the third scenario is is a scenario of soft lending, which is our economy's baseline forecast. So what is interesting is that um, using the historical demand elasticities, we estimated that um, under the scenario when the global economy grows at about one and a half percent in 2023, uh, we discovered that oil demand would still increase by 0.6 million barrels per day year year over year. And even under the severe recession scenario when the global economy barely grows, yes, at 0.5 percent, the world would likely still consumed 240 KBD more oil in 2023 than than it did in the year prior. Uh, Crucially, what is also interesting finding from our research is that outside of the 1980 and 1983 and 2020 uh, recessions, uh, oil demand recovered and surpassed pre-recession levels the following year, so it's a very rapid recovery. So, if we go by historical evidence and assume that the global economy enters recession in 2023, then global oil demand would likely bounce and uh, surpass 2022 levels by 2024. So, what is uh, what is exactly the impact on the on the prices in, in under those scenarios? Is what is interesting is that. This impact from lower uh, lower growth and lower demand growth is cushioned given prevailing supply constraints. And what you know, our call for 2023 is that out of the three large supply contributions this year, two will be nearly exhausted by early next year. So this major SPR releases we, dis- we discussed uh, earlier uh, they will be uh, they will be done by the end of October. We'll also see a range-bound OPEC production next year. Um, So U.S. production would be adding a significant amount of uh, volumes in the second half of this year, uh, about 700 KBD. Uh, But we anticipate that this growth will uh, screech to a halt in the first half of 2023 as natural gas infrastructure constraints in the Permian Basin place a temporary cap on the oil output. Um, We still expect total U.S. crude oil production to grow um, just slightly under 1 million barrels per day on average in 2023 but growth was recently revised down by by almost two hundred kbD, and elsewhere supplies being maxed out with little opportunity for up, for upside. So because of this constrained situation on the supply side, even with the lowered demand growth in two thousand and twenty three as we at the moment we have about one point three million um, million barrels per day growth year over year next year um, under the soft landing scenario, and then we you know we consider two hundred KbD growth and six hundred KBD growth. But um, what we uh, what we discovered is that under this garden variety recession, the prices Brent oil price would still average ninety dollars in two thousand twenty three. On the severe scenario recession, we we'll would be looking at the price of about seventy eight dollars per barrel, uh, you know, slightly below eighty, but still very uh, I would have to say historically very elevated price levels, in, even under the recessionary environment. Thank you all for listening to the Commodities Edition at J.P. Morgan's at any rate podcast. We look forward to continue the conversation next week. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to J.P. Morgan research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2022, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on July 8th, 2022.